today we're talking to Ethan A. Poetic again. Uh, this is a fun podcast where we catch up with Ethan, uh, learn all about what he's been doing, and I guess, you know, get to know him even on a deeper level since, uh, you know, you can only know so much about a person through uh, 30 minutes to, to an hour, but, you know, I think second conversations and I guess just, you know, um, another podcast, you know, was called for <laughs> just because, uh, you know, Ethan's got even a bigger story that um, we were not able to fully unpack. But Ethan, man, just want to say uh, thanks again. It's great to see you again. Thanks for welcoming me back. It's it's great to be welcome back on your podcast again and dive in more <laughs> and show you some of the things I've accomplished and recognized for lately. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Um, I think it's been, what, like five? No, it's been seven months or so, I think, since August. Yeah, it's, yeah pretty much. Man, so that, that's seven months. You you got that book out, right? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, it's right here. What's it called again? Ethan, Ethan, the autobiography of Ethan. Story of Ethan A. Poetic Chronicles of Adversity, Education, Sports, Relationships, and Resiliency. I have eight forewords. Two back cover reviews. I own everything outright. This is the soft version. Oh yeah. How much how much is this now for, for people or from you know? Well, the soft the version right now is uh fifteen dollars. Uh-huh. And here's the hard cover with the laminated case. <laughs> oh no way, you got different different. Yeah, types it's of... just some people want, you know, want that throwback. Bye. Man, so so I guess like you know I we we kind of know a little bit about who you are from the conversation and uh, I guess like you know the website and all that. But what what else is in the book if you don't mind? Just like you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give people like a sneak peek of everything. Like let's see, I like to shout out to Trinity Summerall. She edited it. Okay, she's a teacher in the school of Lancaster. Then there's a woman named. McDez Waldu. She did the cover design and layout with Adobe Illustrator. And there's a guy named Dante who helped out. Uh-huh. Graduate from Mills University. He helped out with editing. And let's see. All that has been written. I'll start off with the chapters. I'll tell I'll give people like a sneak peek of the chapters. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> let's see. No, that's not it. Uh, that's intro. Hmm. Oh, here it is. It goes like this. Four words. Authors preface. Pre- authors preface. Then there's an intro. Chapter one. My upbringing in a single parent household. Chapter two. Men leaving me. Chapter three. Lancashire PA. Chapter four, finding God. Chapter five, car accident recovery. Parentheses, the day my life changed forever. Chapter six, homelessness. Chapter seven, further my education. Chapter eight, breaking the cycle. Chapter nine, clarity. Chapter 10, blessings, awards, and interviews. Chapter 11, Brandy and Vaughn. Chapter 12, My Path of Poetry. Chapter 13, Acknowledgements, Thanks, Appreciation, and Recognition. And then wow. after that, it's Appendix for Author's Biography, Afterward, 
Coatesville's facts and notable people. Nice. How long? How many pages is it? You know, it's over three hundred. I think over three hundred. Wow. Or close to three hundred. And then you you got an audible book too. You told me right for the blind or for the uh, well. The audiobook's still being edited right now. I read everything myself, oh, cover to uh-huh. cover. Uh, the guy just got done communicating with him this morning. He said he's still editing the last chapter, which is chapter 10. So once he gets done editing that, then I can listen to that in another chapter, critique everything, see which parts I need to do over, maybe give him a projection. And then after that, it's time to meet with him again, do certain things over again. And then once that's all over, done with, it's time for me to copyright it, own everything mm-hmm. outright. And once I get that copyright done, and it's time to put it on ACX, which has a distributed, which has a distribution deal with Audible, Amazon, uh-huh. and iTunes. So all a person has to do is pay by the chapter or buy everything as a whole. I'm still figuring out the pricing that's more fair, while at the same time, you know, competitive market fair. Yeah, wow. well, congratulations. Yeah, that's a big thing. You know, people people writing, people publishing books is a is a difficult task. A lot of people say it's the hardest thing they've they've done. But how how do you rank that in your uh, things that you've accomplished? You know, the the becoming a author, published author. Well, long story short, I originally wasn't going to do it because I wasn't ready to be that vulnerable. But you know, there was this Greek family called the Veronas family that kept encouraging me, encouraging me to do it. After I passed my spring semester of 2020-20 college semester. And once I said yes, I got the ball rolling. Long story short, there was a, a publishing company that basically wanted to offer me a deal. The contract looked right. Uh-huh. What ended up happening was I had to turn it down because they said if I sign with them and they choose my story for a movie, they would they take would all the lion's share. Yeah, they, they, they would own all the lion's shares rights of it including the soundtrack. And I realized I can't sign with them because I can't let someone piggyback off my success story. Uh-huh. So I have to probably, so that's what it led me to think I could probably do what Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cent did. Have my own movie and soundtrack independently. Man, so, so is that next yeah, goal? I didn't, Getting a movie out there? Or are you being an actor? Yeah, it's a future goal. It's like, I didn't know someone was already thinking about a multi-million dollar idea. Before before we even signed, so they showed me their hand like like cards, and you know at least they were honest with me. As far as achieving, I mean, it took a lot of patience with taking my time writing everything. Uh, the editors helped out a lot with bridging the gap. There was uh-huh. some technical difficulty uh, with going through English Spark, with making sure the coloring was done, making sure the spine width was good. Mm-hmm. And then making sure I, you know, once you got through all that technical stuff, everything became easier as far as buying the ISB numbers by the bulk, buying the barcode numbers by the bulk. And, you know, I already had this, you know, great. Yeah, yeah. I already had this great professional picture I didn't show anybody yet. So I want to use that for the book cover. And then from there, it's just a matter of just collecting everyone's forwards. I was very thankful that support. So normally a person goes with one or two. I just say it, it's a it's a great achievement. This is probably much easier than getting a college degree. You think so? Right in the book? Yeah, because when it comes to college degree, when it comes to a college degree, you're doing things by the semester. 
When it comes to writing a book, you get to do it on your own time. And what helped me become a self-publisher is just learning things through self-publishing school through Chandler Bolt. Oh yeah, he's got that got that book. It's um I I'm familiar with a little bit of that. Yeah, so once I got that information, I realized I could do the same thing they're doing. The only difference is make it my way or do things better. In a sense that it's more about me and having a sense of let's create the past, meet up with the present, and talk about future plans. And you know, it, it took it's it took patience again for the copyright letter to come in. But once I got it, I was able to put it inside my manuscript, and then it was time to launch the book, make the announcement, make my videos. And once I got the first cover, first batch of this book coming in, yeah, I was so happy. Oh, no I, way, yeah. once I post, once I made my announcement on all social media, let's see, on Facebook, I have at least over 500 likes on just that one picture. Oh, wow. O- over 200 comments. No maybe way. 30 plus shares. Instagram, a lot of likes, a lot of shares, a lot of comments. Snapchat, there was some comments. TikTok, a lot of likes and comments. LinkedIn, it's more professional, but a lot of people are proud of the achievement. And then for people who are not on social media, I end up sending them more of the <laughs> of the uh, me making the announcement through video in an email version. Man, so that yeah, way they can see. You you didn't you you didn't even for, you you didn't even leave out the people who don't have social media. That's just, it's like who doesn't have it nowadays, you know? It's just you know it's it's just some people don't want to conform with having too much technology around them because they're so used to not they're doing doing without it unless if they are doing it doing what technology lets someone else do it for them to assist and it, it you know it it's just there was a time when we grew up without as uh-huh. much technology but now we evolved in a world where technology is a necessity for finding jobs setting up your appointments. Yeah. Or food ahead of time on the go or writing a Google review or in this case, being a self-published author where I bridged the gap because here's something I realized and someone told me between a teacher, a librarian and a principal and it's also a superintendent. Uh-huh. They're always encouraging kids to write a book when they haven't even wrote a book themselves. Hmm. But now this now they know I wrote a book. Uh-huh. Everyone's pointing to me. Man, yeah. I I I I mean, no way, yeah. So what's it feel like now that you got the book out? Um, you know, you know, once you accomplish that, but there's also, you know, other things that have came along with uh you having a book. Like what what's has it changed your life at all? Or like, you know? It has a lot of people, a lot more people respect me. The kids see the pictures, their jaws drop. Like, is really? that really you? <laughs> yeah. They, they, it's like they're so used to seeing books at the library. Uh-huh. They're so used to seeing a teacher read a book. But when they see my book, they're like, Ethan wrote a book? You mean to tell me he can read our, read his book to us and the teacher's going to read that old book? <laughs> that's that's yeah, cool. There's that story. Then there's also the other story where... I'm helping out in the classroom. Next, you know, the teacher wants me to talk about my book. 
while he sits back in the back and drink his coffee. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He wants you to take over. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Then there's principals using my book as uh, part of the professional development saying, we can use Ethan as the example for kids who are acting up in class or having behavioral problems to tell them, this is Ethan's story. He overcame the same adversities and struggles you you are currently going through. So take some time to read this book and you'll get inspired to make better choices. Yeah. So do the do the teachers, they buy the book or like what's what's the thing? Well, there's some teachers who bought the book for me directly, principals, secretaries, yeah, parents, guardians. Uh, one thing I kind of like get annoyed is when some people ask for a free book when it's brand new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is a brand new book. Like, how can you ask this for free? Right, right, right. And, and then I just push the gap and tell them, hey, you can buy it from me directly, buy a print on demand through, let's see, yeah. Target, Walmart, Kobo, Barnes and Noble. Or internationally, or you could download the book through Amazon or any of those other places. Or if you got a library card, yeah, yeah, with Lakeshore County, you go to Lakeshore City Library and get that get my book for free as a loaner. But eventually, you gotta return it. Uh huh. Well, Ethan, I gotta yeah. ask you about um. So, being a self-published author, did you have to pour in a lot of your own funds into you know? It wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Because if I would have wanted to publish it, that would have cost way more money. Yeah, yeah. And it only would have been for one version of a book. Uh, wait, so how much soft cover? If you, you could give us like a ballpark, like how much you think it would. I'll say for somebody it cost wants... me at least. A, I'll say estimate at least a thousand dollars between paying somebody to the book cover design, the editor, you know, as a teacher. Yeah. Again, Trinity Summerall, and then the copyrights. Then there's buying the ISB numbers by the bulk, buying the barcodes by the bulk. Oh. All that's done. And then from there, it's a matter of paying Ingram Sparks to use their software. Sometimes you have to upgrade to their level. Yeah. And then there's also just finally crossing the finish line. Now, as long as you have a business or LLC, you uh-huh. can write all that stuff off as a business expense. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Then, so you, you, you got yeah, an then, LLC, I'm guessing. Yeah, I do. It's called Ethan A Poetic LLC. My website is ethanspeaks.com. I have people email me directly in social media, yeah. email, phone calls. Want to buy the book off of me directly because they want the autograph with a message. And that's when I send it to them. But first, they got to pay me through Cash App, Venmo, <laughs> PayPal, Zelle. Apple Pay, which I, you know, because, yeah, that. And then uh, cash. Well, no, <laughs> I rarely, cash, I rarely Bitcoin. accept. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't do Bitcoin and all that. That's that's more different. You know, I rarely accept checks to the mail unless it's somebody I know personally. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, once I get paid, that's when I start the processing. Write their name in the book. Sign it, autograph, leave a message, a date. Then I send it through the United States Post Office. Depending on how many books they want to buy, it can get sent through media mail. They can get it within two to three days. And, you know, I just charge them for the book, shipping and handling. And then from there, uh-huh. they have the book in their hands and they're ready to read it. They're ready to dive in. 
and do whatever we want with it after after they get done reading it. Because my book is so deep, it's gonna take more than two times to read it. Okay. No way. I didn't I didn't know it'd be that that deep. Is it um you would you say it's like told from a first person perspective or is it more like uh, a combination of first and second? Like uh-huh. I like it's first person through me and my experiences. Uh-huh. The second vert, the second person comes in where at other people's experiences with the interviews I did through colleges, knowledge and people for you know their contributions in my life with growing up without you know a consistent relationship with my biological father and being in that single parent household. And then you know, knowledge and people for helping me with my recovery and getting my life back on track. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I, you know give thanks to a lot of people i give credit where it's due and along with the respect okay. and then it's also the part where i make sure you know i have multiple forwards normally get one or two i had eight. Oh yeah 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 that, that's people from dope. college military uh one guy's my coach's name is coach matt ortega coastal area senior high school head football coach and my Cousin who's in the military, his name is Ivan C. Bokar the third. He's living pretty good out in Hawaii right now. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know my book was going to be going through customs. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, I'm so used to seeing that show where it talks about how to catch a smuggler. Now, now, now the show's gonna be re-edited to how to find Ethan's book. That's funny. Well, I I mean, Ethan, so I I've noticed on social media you take a lot of photos with uh the youth um and and they're uh what do you say um it, no, it'll be like ethan inspires this yeah. kid do um how do uh how do those kids know you or like you know like how do you two how do you guys connect um is it is it like big brother big sister or like you know what i mean like big, no, big boys and girls club or well it happens organically most of the time like for example um okay i recovered from the car accident and all this other stuff I get a school to switch Lancaster and I pass the background checks and I'm start working in the school district. Yeah. Yeah. And I would go to college during the daytime. What happened eventually was, you know, people start asking me, am I the guy from this car accident? And I just felt uncomfortable with that because I thought I could just live my life and move forward without all this attention. Uh-huh. And then eventually, you know, I told my boss about what's going on. He said, eventually, he told me, you're inspiration. You got to learn how to deal with it. So then from there, I just realized, let's, let's turn this attention I'm getting to other people, like local leaders, student athletes, because uh-huh. I can relate to them because I'm a leader and I'm a former student athlete. Uh, one of the first people I acknowledged was Deontay Cherry. And he was a former three-sport student athlete at McCaskey High School. He is the only person as a as a former boy who not only scored a thousand points in basketball, yeah, also earned one thousand yards. Oh wow, yeah. That's... As a wide receiver. In a season or in like two seasons? Yeah. In one season. Or in one, one season each. All, it was it was in his junior year. Oh no. He way. scored a thousand points and yeah, and earned one thousand yards because he started varsity football as a freshman. So that gave him a head start for earning a thousand points. And, you know, his junior year, you know, once he got that celebration, he got recognized by his family. 
friends and the community, when he got the thousand yards, you know, he was doing it with bracket coverage, double coverage. Oh, okay. And still making plays. He ended up graduating from Delaware University with a bachelor's degree. He was one of the first people who I recognized. And it just led to many more people like Kiki Jefferson. She uh, was playing at James Madison University. Then there's Ava Stevenson and many other student athletes who are, you know, were were high school phenoms Uh now playing in college at the next level. There are a few people that have graduated. Like, uh, there's there's so many people I can mention. Like, there's Ricky Ortega. Then Uh there's uh, Aaron Avery Young. Their dad used to play in the NFL. His name is Anthony Young. He went to Temple and played for the Colts. Uh, But eventually, you know, I realized I can use my influence for the greater good. I acknowledge people for certain things they're doing. That way, it's more of a let's move forward, pre. Move, let's move forward in the right direction because, you know, it. it I understand, you know, my car accident made the news. There's other people involved that got affected, but eventually, we have to move forward as a whole and focus on the best that's yet to come. Because mm-hmm. I would have kept focused on that car accident, I would have crippled myself. Yeah, I wouldn't have moved forward, and you know. Everything has transformed over where I got a knowledge in the front page of the newspaper by Exeter newspaper, which is also known as LMP. And the photographer came out to the track meet. Yeah. Just a coincidence that it was McCaskey versus Coatesville Area Senior High School. And I'm originally from Coatesville. Oh, yeah, that's right. And now you're living where now? I'm still living in Lancaster. It's just, it was just the best of both worlds. Like, uh-huh. You know, two school districts I used to be a student athlete in that I didn't, you, know, you couldn't make that up. And what did you play? Also, you, were a, you were a football player? Football, basketball, track, wrestling, some baseball. But baseball, you know, I didn't really get a chance to really dive into it. It was just more of a hobby. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, you know, when I made that newspaper on the front page, I thought I was going to need security when I showed up to work. You were say that again? You're gonna make security. I made the front page of the newspaper. Uh-huh. Yeah, first in a month before Easter. Then the following month I made I got featured on a WGAL as an inspirational story. And you know, once I saw that story on WGAL, that's when I recorded it on my iPhone, uploaded it to my YouTube channel, and made you know, sent the link out through social media and also email that way people can see it. And it was a lot of feedback. Um, yeah, I'd imagine. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as I was going to college, you know, one thing that really stand out that someone acknowledged me that I graduated from college without an academic scholarship and without an athletic scholarship. That's hmm. so rare for a person to do. Without the academic? You're just taking loans or what do you mean by that? Well, normally a person who goes to college, you know, they go after high school. I didn't go to college after high school. I went to college several years after high school. Oh, so you're saying going to college, like what, five to 10 years after school, high school? It had to have been at least five to seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it yeah, because it's just, it's rare for a person, you know, to go to college in their mid-20s uh-huh. and then 
not only graduate from a community college, but then graduate from a university. Well, yeah, you're right. What did you uh, study over at, uh, was it Millers, Millersville University? Yes, Millersville University. It was speech communication, minor broadcasting and media. And you wanted to become an author back then or what did you want to do back then? Well, my original plan was to be in the television industry, do like uh-huh. human interest stories, interview the student athletes, local leaders. Uh, the key thing that happened was one of several things. I was passing my classes, but I still had to work to support myself financially. Okay. There was no family financial support. I Luckily, I still received Pell Grants and FIA Grants, but I never, like, stayed on the campus to, like, live in a dorm or get a meal plan. I would be, like, a commuter. Uh Most of the things I had to pay for was just a parking permit pass, which is, like, one year, one year, for one year parking permit pass. And I would just take care of business and do that. The problem I had was I didn't have the time or resources to be involved with the television club. Oh, okay. So I realized in order to get your foot in the television industry, you have to join a television club. Therefore, you meet the hiring manager while being inside. You can talk to him. He gets a feel of who he wants on his team or she. Uh-huh. And they get to figure out, okay, I like, I like that person. Send me your application to my email and I'll forward to HR. Since oh, I didn't wow. do that, yeah, I didn't I didn't get no I had one interview for television, but that was only just to be a camera person. And eventually I had to move forward in the sense of okay, I'm putting out all these applications, I'm sending out my resume reels, but no one responded back to me. And I'm just walking living miracle was an inspiration. Oh, I yeah. made the front page of the newspaper. I'm on WJL. I'm on Channel 66, which is coverage in York, Adams, yeah, and Lancaster counties. So I didn't understand it. Uh-huh. But once I had a full understanding, since I had to join a television club and it's down on my resume, that made that made a lot more sense for me. But then I also realized a person can create their own avenue, which led to me starting up my business, which led to me writing my autobiography. Which uh-huh. led to me being a keynote speaker, life coach, poetry workshops. So uh-huh. I realized everything happens for a reason. Man, yeah. Well, is it hard for you to uh, talk about, you know, that near near death experience? Because um, it's, I've never gone through. So. It's never. It's not hard anymore because it's just when you say it so many times, uh-huh. it becomes second nature to me. And and what 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 do you think it was that you know got that event to uh because i think you know we all go through a tragic tra- tragedy of course is a part of life but like but um what uh were you like the only person that um really recovers from that tragic like from that well, well what happened was two people passed away a kid and the driver oh, passed away and then my aunt she she uh she recovered with multiple bone injuries yeah then my cousin, who was on the far end, it's more psychological for him because nothing happened to him physically. Uh huh. He was young, but I never talked to him about it. Uh huh. But he was there for the tenth year anniversary of the walking, you know, just celebration of me being a walking living miracle. Yeah. And him and other family members, it was just more of like a celebration of life, a celebration of moving forward, a celebration of 
you know, proud achievements. Mm-hmm. Because that 10 year anniversary is the same year I graduated from college. Oh, and okay. It, it's just the celebrations were going and going and going. I, I enjoyed everything and soaking everything up. Right. And, you know, but at the same time, I was giving acknowledgments to Jordan Steffi. I was giving acknowledgments to his nonprofit organization, Atalo. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people who are more like in the background, like silent partners or silent people. But it's oh, not hard for me to talk about it because it happened. And as I talk about in the book, you know, I remember getting this MRI. Uh-huh. And when you're in the, when you get an MRI, you get to have the headphones on, choose your own music, but things spinning. <laughs> yeah. Making the noise. It's doing like imaging of a person's brain. Yeah. And you know, he makes the CD, puts it inside the inside the computer. Yeah. Looks at he still see like some bloody spots. Oh wow. As I'm covering for silver covering from the that was many, many years ago when it hatched during that time period where it happened. And you know, he looked at me and he realized, yeah, I did not suffer from post-traumatic stress. Oh wow, yeah, that's which is PSD, which most military people suffer from, police officers, you know, anyone else who's in the field of combat on the first line of duty, called in the staff, showed them the image, showed them the car accident, mm-hmm. told him to look at me, and he told him he is not suffering from post-traumatic stress, doesn't wake up in the middle of the night. He's not addicted to any medicine, not addicted to any alcoholism. And they were just in like a big shock. Mm-hmm. Like, how does someone go through that, not only survive the crash and go through this emergency surgery and it's still here? And when they look at the MRI, it's like, mm-hmm. and they look at me, it, it was just mind blowing for them. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's, that's quite the. Quite the story. Um, do you do you think like I guess this is a question for you? Like it's kind of philosophical, but I, I, you know, inspiration is something that's I feel like it's rare to in our lives. It's rare to feel because you don't have too many moments in life where uh, I mean, maybe in general, people they don't have too many moments where they feel inspired. And I notice that like inspiration is a key to I won't say motivation, but it's a key to going through something difficult and seeing it through um for you ethan did you you know that story is inspirational because i think it has elements of you went through something extremely difficult and you were able to see it through um and come walk away alive and just uh overcome all that that, uh, adversity and difficulty but i feel like here's a question like do you think that inspiration is um something that uh we as people can uh can like force ourselves to be inspired or is it more something we have to be a, be a factor, like be, be like a, I wouldn't say like a, be like a recipient of inspiration. You know what I mean? Like, or is it, you know, like, do you feel like people, they can inspire themselves or cause that's a secret energy, right? Like inspiration is a secret energy or like the hidden energy that gets people to overcome difficulties in their minds and their lives. I mean, a person has to want to be inspired. Yeah. Do something. 
person has to want to be inspired to do better. A person has to want to see beyond their life circumstances. Because I said this before, like, the earth is at least 2,000 years old. And there's so many hardships and adversities that people have gone through. But what people don't realize is some of these things that we're facing is usually a wash, rinse, and repeat. Uh-huh. And once we learn these stories, uh, the difference is who overcame it versus who didn't come back from it. And that's that's the difference between being a victim versus being a victor. A victor overcomes a victim, stays in one place, and you know looks for a pity party. Yeah. And unfortunately. They indulge in, you know, self-medicating, alcoholism, <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> and all this other stuff. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, some people, you know, want to draw attention to themselves on social media and put on a facade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life, life does happen. Problems don't go away all because someone wrote a book. Problems don't go away all because, uh, you know, I made the newspaper. Because there's always something else to overcome in life. You're right. You're right. And that's when it helps to have the right people in your corner that can say, oh, I went through this. This is what you do to overcome this. And then I also realized, you know, it does help that there are mental health resources available for people, such as counseling, therapy, suicide hotline. And they're giving out the free Norcane thing for like people who overdose. Uh-huh. And then there's some people who don't need any of those things by realizing, wait, I grew up in poverty. I grew up in this situation. Overcome that. Mm-hmm. I can overcome this new thing that I'm facing. Uh, for yeah. me, this inspire people. I mean, it's humbling. And, and sometimes it's just effortless. It's right. just natural. I didn't know I was becoming an inspiration to people around the world, internationally, around the globe, locally, inside the classrooms, cafeteria, playground, you name it. I just didn't know it. It's just the work, it's just the work that I put in with or not only overcoming, but also doing more than what's expected of me. Yeah. So I yeah. wasn't expected to graduate from college and get behind the wheel driving again. Some people were just glad I overcame the car accident. Uh, but what, what, what I want to say is that there's other things I talk about in the book that mm-hmm. that's more of a backstory that was more to my recovery. Uh, I could give you a sneak peek of it. Like, for example, let's see, chapter. You know, uh, I could say, hmm. Homelessness, I mean, it involves, you know, a certain person doing the ultimate betrayal of me. And, uh-huh. you know, it involves, you know, the court system being involved. And I testified against him mm-hmm. and told the truth. And then it also includes a situation where somebody's telling me my dad's not going to help me get my life back together. Is this at post the accident? Yeah, yeah. after the accident, you know, it it just happened. Like, for example, I'm not going to say the person's name, name. I'll just say this person contacts me by phone and says, hey, I would like to meet you for lunch. Uh, Where should I pick you up? 
So we meet on a Saturday. And then they're picking me up at the Conestoga, Val Conestoga Nursing yeah. Home. And then we eat at Perkins. Mm -hmm. And then my, my brother's there. We're eating. I thought we were having this good time. And in the middle of eating, this, this, this woman tells me, oh, by the way, your dad's not going to help you get your life back together. And this was, how old were you at this time? Just, I mean, to set the table or, you know what I mean? Like, just uh, I had to be mid-20s. Uh -huh. And this was during the construct reconstruction phase of my life. And that's when I, like, lost my appetite. Uh -huh. And I realized this person was doing the dirty work. I realized this person's, this was the real objective. It's just taking me out for lunch was more of a way of softening the blow. Okay. But that same energy that was put into the situation ended up turning around sometime later where I actually did, my dad did see me. The difference is I had my license and then it was 2016. Yeah. And I got a brand new car, a 2016 Honda Civic. <laughs> nice, man. I have a Honda Civic too. <laughs> yeah. Four doors. Shiny pictures taken, everything else. And then when I'm back in Coatesville, you know, showing people, family members are proud of me, patting me on the back, compliments. Then as I'm getting ready to get back in my car, my dad's at the stoplight and he sees me. And, you know, I don't know how he feels, but it's a difference between saying, from my perspective, of saying, I did this without him. Uh huh. You know, get back on my feet, get my car and everything else. Now, for a person who has a consistent relationship with their father, they can say, sure. I did it with you. Thank you very much. And, you know, when he saw me with that car, I guess he was just surprised I not only overcame what he had against me, he must have understood that I wasn't giving up on myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, um I could see this. I, I kind of picture. I, I mean, maybe it turns into a movie one day. No wonder you didn't sign that deal, right? They just. I could. I kind of want to watch this movie, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean that movie idea. I mean, there's a lot of ideas how I want to do it. Uh huh. It's just a matter of just allowing everything to take its course when that time comes. And you know, I'm not gonna get too many details, but I'll just say it's gonna be interesting how I do it. Uh -huh. It's just a matter of just doing it. Probably do it independently, independently, and, and look for more of a distribution deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, that exactly. way, I was I was gonna say I didn't mean to interrupt you, but a lot of the work you do is seems like you know so, what's that word? It's just entrepreneurial, or you know, yeah, kind of more um, solo, or like you know, like uh, you're your own company, right? So I think just going off of that note. Um, do you think there's a reason why you decide to, I, I'm like this too, where I, uh, you know, go create my own company and work, work on the podcast and uh, what's it called? Fight for my, I guess, dreams you want to call them or whatever. But like, were you, um, I, do you think there's a reason why you, you uh, lean towards more of the independent um, type of work or, or that kind of just own your master's type of attitude and mindset versus uh, a lot of people they like to get book deals and I work with work with um like a company like you know how like people there's employees and there's like I guess entrepreneurs or people who start their own things well, there... it's just it's business right it's a combination of how I grew up where um, I talk about this in the book 
and both my grandmom and both my grandmas, you know, when they first saw me as a newborn baby, I mean, their arms, you know, professed I was born with greatness. <laughs> yeah. It's not that I'm bragging or showing off or boasting. It's just something I learned that people said that was said about me. And, you know, when the elders, you know, hold so many babies, they can tell who's going to be great and accomplish something great. Nice, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, growing up, I learned how to multitask. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we can say sports and football. I, I knew how to play running back, defensive end, and, you know, deep, you know, corner a little bit. Then when it comes to track, I knew how to sprint and do mid-distance. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I also, when it comes to things, doing things around the house, I already knew how to cook, clean, and work with my hands with tools. And then over time, I learned other skills from different people, like working on cars a little bit, working mm-hmm. with computers. It's just I learned how to adapt. And then I look at, you know, from the business perspective, you know, how this book business relates to music business. Right. You know, not all, not all good deals are good deals for the artist or the author. Uh-huh. Like, for example, TLC and Tony Braxton, they sold millions of records worldwide and still filed for bankruptcy. You know, that's right. Or was it was it the other one where it was, uh, was it Snoop? No, was it Death Row Records and like the Suge Knight dude? And... Well, the whole Suge Knight. Oh, no, no, there, was a, there was a whole Straight Outta Compton movie. That's the one I'm talking about. Well, it's just a situation, you know, people were signing bad deals because they had the talent. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have the business know-how. Mm, so there were managers who were running all those kind of marketing and expenses and well, booking shows and all that. It's just a situation where they didn't study the business. They didn't have a mentor going in. Yeah. And some people didn't think, let me start my own LLC with music, with the production. So right. my own publishing house. That way I own my masters, have a studio. Because back in the day, Studios, you know, you had to go inside a studio to record things, unless yeah. you want to use like a one of those report, record, you know, simple tape recorders. Yeah, 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 something that, like that. You know, things were different back then. And then when it comes to book deals, it's like there was one woman, you know, who did have a show on Oprah Winfrey. Right. Um, she signed a book deal. And the book publishing company made millions and millions of dollars off of her writings. Mm-hmm. All because she signed a wrong deal. If she would have been a self-publisher, she would have made the millions. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Oprah and, and, I don't know Oprah had a book. She had a book? She has a book. Well, well, she Oprah does have a book for the woman I'm talking about. She had a show on there to help change people's lives. Oh, okay. I'm like, her name, man. I have met her before. Took a picture with her. I talked about that in the book. Oh too. no way! <laughs> and long story about that, you know, I asked her my first question, like, "How'd you overcome poverty?" She simply said, "You know, once she got her education right, and she started making a lot of money, she stopped, you know, reporting things to welfare for the end of reviews." Uh huh. You know, and then you know, my second question to her was. Which man, I take a picture with you? Says so he said, Now, nah, Ethan, if I take a picture of you, I gotta take a picture of everybody in the crowd. 
So she turned me down gently or attempted to. So I walk away from the mic. Then she calls me and say, uh, Ethan, can you help me take this selfie? I motioned for the one of the security guys who I already knew. He's part of the BSU, Black Student Union Club, to go upstairs. And as I'm getting ready to sit down, one of the women I know, she's at Lebanon Mills University, she said, Ethan, hand me your camera, just sit up next to the stage. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Selfie picture with everybody. Yeah. Gets back to speaking. I'm sitting in front of the stage. She's literally on top speaking, and everyone's just laughing. She's so confused. People are holding their stomachs in. The pictures are being taken. Uh-huh. And then she's looking around like, Confused and puzzled. And she said, Ethan, you ruined my etiquette. You took a picture with me. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Then my one cousin said on my Facebook post, Ethan, you lucky security didn't take you down. Man, I don't know. So where was this? There was this was like a high it school. It was at Mills University. And who was the girl? Like, is she or who was the woman? I mean, she's, pretty, she's pretty famous, but I'm not gonna mention her name. Oh, okay. Okay. We, For uh, <laughs> you know, liability Prime, reasons. Yeah, yeah, NDA stuff. Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but as I was saying with about the book deals, I mean it's it's just self-publishing was the way to go because it allowed for people to have more freedom to write how they want to write, design the book how they want to write, earn more profits, have more residual income. And on top of that, uh-huh. you cut the middle, you become your own self-publisher. Yeah. Aim Sparks and Amazon other book companies have provided uh a way for authors to get what's due to them. Sure, sure. So, so you're saying? I mean, I don't know what the deals were like. I, I probably got to learn about um, what they are. I've, I've interviewed a couple of other authors um, on the book, and they publish with like Penguin or the Big Random Houses. But um, yes, yeah, so you're saying is like you get more of the profit, or the more of the you know more of you get 100 percent of all the sales. Really, is when when you sell it. Well, you're yourself. you're responsible. You're responsible for the sales in a sense of okay, you got your profit, you got your costs, and then you got to pay your taxes. Like taxes are different in each state in Pennsylvania. Right. It's the six percent tax. Now it only goes up more when you enter like you go from a low income tax bracket to sure. middle class uh-huh. to high. You know, sometimes it can go up to forty percent in some cases. And my situation is just, you know, I'm thankful that I took my time writing this book, had the mm-hmm. right people supporting me. And you know, back to the whole entrepreneurship thing, you know. Um, another story I can mention is my late grandfather who came from the island of Puerto Rico. He was an entrepreneur where he opened up his own bar and restaurant. In Puerto Rico? Oh, uh, like, uh, here in the uh, United States. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, he was an entrepreneur. He he knew how to make money continuously. Uh-huh. And there's that person. And I also learned from other people through Jordan Steffi's nonprofit organizations, like how they set up their own companies. Mm-hmm. And when I was encouraged by this one guy to start my own, hey, I did it. Then met this married couple I had already knew before. They helped me finalize the process. And once I got my EIN number, everything was pretty much official. Oh, yeah, that's right. The taxpayer ID, right? Something like that. Yes, yes. That employee identification and, number. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, that. And then, oh wow, yeah, having my website set up, choosing the right logo, and then you know, eventually, you know, everything comes into work. Where once you start the business, it's a good thing, but it's the start of more journeys uh-huh. of 
what are you going to offer to your clientele's for set for like sales, business, service, entrepreneurship? What are you going to like offer somebody? Are you going to work with a company? And you know, it, it worked out for me in a sense of I read books on business ahead of time. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of book? Well, I I read, but what was one of the books? I think, if you don't mind, if you know, uh, how to be, um, how to be a millionaire, the millionaire next door, rich uh-huh. dad, poor dad, how to think like a boss, and it's also learning from people's failures. Where, sure, you know, someone growing up in poverty, and they attain all this wealth. They start splurging it instead yeah. of investing it. You know, some people, you know, are able to stop themselves before they go over the edge. All right. Some people, well, unfortunately, file for bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a lesson learned. And, you know, with all businesses, it has its highs and lows. It's about learning from the losses mm-hmm. and enjoying the victories. In my situation, you know, it's it's one of many more victories. Um, the only loss I suffered was, I didn't talk about it in this book, but I'll say it off the record. You know, this one guy was supposed to help me with my business cards, sure, my website, my domain, and he didn't do the job, and I had paid him. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And, and this guy, this is a guy who I called a friend, and, you know, make a long story short, you know, when he started acting funny. Uh-huh. It got to the point where, okay, you're not answering my phone calls, not answering my emails, not answering my text messages. So what's the hold up here? <laughs> yeah. So I saw all the red flags. I was patient. And it's got to the point where, you know. You forgot about it? No, he didn't forget about it. it I mean, you, you forgot about it, right? Or you just. No, I didn't forgive. I had to hold him accountable. Um, oh. When I, pa- I thought about suing him, oh, but I decided you know do it the business way. What I ended up doing is call my bank, told him what happened, showed him the emails and text messages. Says I want to call, I want to uh, do a bank, uh, a credit recharge where they get refund me the money. Uh huh. So once that gets started, now they're gonna contact <laughs> him directly uh-huh. to give him an opportunity to. Um, Explain the situation. Why have you, why have you been in bad faith with your business practices? Uh-huh. And once he didn't return the phone calls or, you know, emails from those people, that's when they took the money out of his account and put it back in their minds. They really, wow. So, I, I mean, I'm impressed with your, your, you know, your scrapping, your hustle there. So they, they, t- they're, that's a, not too many people know. I don't, I just found out you could do that. So um, they were able to, take the money from his account or and refund yeah, it essentially? Yeah. Yes, yes, because like it's filing a bank's dispute. Uh-huh. All you do is call the 800 number that's on the back of your credit card and tell them, hey, this is what's happening. Oh, Email shoot. them the pictures of the texts, the phone calls, the template uh, situations of reconciliation. Give them their contact, that person's other contact information, their uh-huh. website. Now you got a case against them. You can sue them, but by doing it in a more professional way through your bank, they go after them. They're pretty much the middleman, and you oh, don't wow. got to pay them. So basically, they're going to do all the legwork and trying to contact the other person and contact their bank to say, hey, this is what's going on. This person performed bad faith services. Oh, wow. So 
So basically now the bank, now that person's bank's going to contact them as well. Like, did you complete this project or not? Wow. If yeah. you did, show us the proof. Don't tell us. The, don't tell us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once the guy didn't contact him back, I got refunded my money. I found a bank uh, recharge. Wow. Uh, wow. Bank dispute. So basically that could be used against them for future loans. Like, mm-hmm. how can we trust you for a loan when you did this person bad? Wow. Yeah. And no, you know a lot of yeah. And the second situation, how how them accountable is that, you know, um, and this is it's, and this is personal, but it's also business. I can't do business with him no more. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know, we were friends before this, so he's no longer my friend. Okay. And I had to lead him off all, all my social media. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ethan, you ever seen the movie Bronx Tale? Yes. You ever remember the part where, uh, I think, what's his name? Sonny. Okay, no, it was. It was uh, Collagio, the guy who's missing, his name was C, or it was Robert Yeah, missing money. Yeah, yeah, he misses the money. And then, like, the guy was like, oh, no, 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 I need help with something else. I'll see you later. And then, uh, and then I think Sonny says to the kid that, oh, you know what, you, how much does he owe you? It's 20 bucks. So you got it, you got it. And then, um, he tells the lessons that, so is he your friend? And he goes like, no. And then so it's like, oh, well, you, you that's you. You gave him 20 bucks and he's out of your life. Be, be grateful. <laughs> you, do you think that's somewhat similar to what, uh, you know, went down there? Kind of. Uh, yes or no. In my right. situation, it's like. It's more of a situation where he's not out of my life. I'm like, we have a lot of people in the same circle. Yeah. 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 Uh, I did tell the people about the situation. So I, I really wanted to sue him. I'm talking about, you know, Paul, make one forward this one guy who's a constable and tell him, mm-hmm. here's his address, here's the money, now go out there and serve him. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about serving as in, you didn't serve, here's the paperwork and all this other stuff. I want to say I paid the person Oh shoot. out of my life because I got the uh-huh. money. Like it's more, I don't uh-huh. contact that person anymore. Because uh-huh. because that was a bad faith in business, uh-huh. and you know it, it shows in the records, not answering the phone calls in a timely manner, text messages or emails, and, and there's no excuse, right. regardless of you know someone going through a death situation because it didn't stop you from sucking my money when I paid, so now That's it's time to refund that money back, and it's a situation where he's not out of my life. It's more it's still a distant situation. It's just. Uh-huh. More I'm disappointed. Like, here we both are as entrepreneurs. He got his website business. Right. I have my business. I thought, you know, he can support me. I support him. We can right. shake hands. So what up happened is I ended up going with a more reputable website designer and doing things much better and a much cheaper rate. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got yeah. more bang for my buck. And the company's called Sparrows. Uh-huh. S-P-E-A-R-R. OWS, uh, Columbia, PA. I knew the founder and co-owner, and they got everything done less than a week. Uh, I got a question, Ethan. So is it um, just to, is it, is your company, are you the only person working for them or you got like a team or do you have like friends? No, it's or, just me. Just you. I'm my own, I'm my own um, LLC. Basically, I'm the CEO and founder Right. where I can hire people, which is like subcontracting. Like, for example, I pay for the person to do my the illustration of my book as far as like the cover design mm-hmm. and and layout then I pay another person to do the 
editing, editing, yeah, editing the, yeah, the that publishing. And then, then the, of course, there's the business side of paying the Library of Congress to make sure everything's copyrighted. And yeah. Of course, there's the more the business side of you know, which is mandatory for all books and like physical copies such as art and uh-huh. soft to have your ISB number and barcode. That's that's just the reality of it because because when the th- when your book gets scanned like You're right, yeah. z- 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 or typed in manually, you gotta have this on the back of your book, which is yeah. standard practice. Barcode and ISB numbers. It's best to buy that by the bulk. Oh yeah. That way, that way you have everything done in one take. So moving forward, it's just I learned that it's best. Sometimes you can't always do business with friends. Because right. not everyone's going to uh, be truthful and honest in good faith. So I realize it's just best to go with people who are more professional. Yeah, consistent. Yeah. That way you avoid, you know, certain hangovers. Yeah. Hey, Ethan, I got, a, I got a quick question. So, you know how you mentioned paying an editor and like all these subcontractors or all these expenses for your business? uh growing up in poverty like you know i'm not saying i was necessarily poor but for you when you grew up in poverty and you and you're taking this mindset of you know you're a ceo you're a founder of a company do you um do you um what's what's your attitude when it comes to like uh paying for expenses because i know a lot of people are hesitant in business to take that step where they're paying for an employee or paying for uh like a service because um, it costs money and they don't want to spend money to make money. Was that always, you know, your kind of attitude where you knew that spending this money, you you had faith that it would come back to you, um, whether it was a book sale or like a, a speaking engagement or something, or were, were you, when you were doing this, were you like kind of worried too at the oh, same time? I mean, well, you get to my childhood, like growing up in poverty, I learned how to stretch money, mm-hmm. make things last, do more with less. Um it's not that I, you know, it's not that, you know, poverty could be a mindset. Mm-hmm. Poverty can be a culture. Poverty can be a lifestyle. And poverty can happen through the choices. It's like, for example, my mom had her first child, which was my first, you know, my first sibling, right after high school. Okay. One mom, one, one, one son, get child uh-huh. support. She works. Okay. Things is okay. We understand the mistake. But then, yeah, me in the picture, okay, mom with two kids, uh-huh. child support still working. But then the domino effect happens where, you know, I talk about this in the book. She meets a new man. Mm-hmm. They cohabitate for eight years. He's working. He's bringing an income. He's supporting the household, everything. And the domino effect happened, you know, there was a certain situation that I did not mention in the book mm-hmm. uh, that did happen. That was very catastrophic. Okay. Uh, I found out the truth about it later on once I uh, found the records. And then, you know, eventually, you know, not every dating relationship or cohabitation relationship is going to work. And uh-huh. some do work. And I say all that to say, I start off with good. I've seen some situations work where this man's willing to, a man's willing to take on the responsibility, but don't have the authority. 
okay. To, to, you know, discipline or, you know, do certain things with a kid if they act out of line. Now, it's much different when somebody becomes a husband right. or somebody's wife. Now they have some legal rights. And now, in a bad situation, how it doesn't work out is like, in this situation that I was born into, okay, my mom got four kids by three different men. The third man still living with us. And, you know, eventually I did have that talk with that third man. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Right. And, you know, things did not work out, as he says. And, you know, I still remember the day he left and packed up his stuff and was gone. And once he left out the door, that's it. Hmm. But I realized the moment poverty happened from is from all the choices my mom was making as well. Mm-hmm. Because I realized in relationships, before a person moves out of a person's house, like in cohabitating or a breakup happens mm-hmm. physically, the breakup happens mentally here mm-hmm. and here in the heart. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, it happens. And that's that's how I end up in poverty due to those choices. So now my mom got three child supports coming in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's the only person working in the household. Mm-hmm. And in some situations, you can't have more kids and you can afford to take care of with full custody. Mm-hmm. And during those times, it was just like, I'm wondering, why is it that somebody else has more things than me? Sure. I didn't understand all that stuff. Uh, there were some people who came in and helped along the way, but it was just a lifestyle. But at the same time, I was still more curious about this more in the life than what I was living during that time period. And, and this was in Lancaster or this was in? Uh, it was in Coastville and in Coastville. Lancaster. Oh, and It Lancaster. was in both cities. Yeah, it happened in both areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as money goes, I was always good with money. Mm-hmm. With stretching out things. It's just I realize we have to educate ourselves. When we educate our minds and our hearts and learn from people who are in better positions than us, that's when we get out of poverty mentally, physically, and culture-wise. Now a person gets to see the bigger picture of, let's learn how to budget this money. Let's think about endowments. Let's think about starting up a bank account. Or let's go with a credit union. Mm-hmm. Because there's ways to make money. For example, you may see people out here, you know, with paneling signs saying anything helps. Mm-hmm. Yet they're getting outworked by little kids selling cold water bottles and Gatorades on the same corner. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so you can't always believe someone's sob story. Mm-hmm. Look at who's actually working. And those are the people who are making the money. As far as investing in my business, I mean, I wasn't planning on taking no loan. Mm-hmm. I'm the CEO and the founder of my own company, so it costs to be the boss. If you want to be I the boss, again, you got to pay costs. Yeah, it costs <laughs> to be the boss. And, you know, I learned all that through uh, self-publishing school that these are the expenses you got to pay for. You know, in order for me to be a self-published author, it's going to come at a cost up front. Now you're going to get your money back in the long run, uh-huh. which I already have. But it's a matter of following the steps going through the process and learning from other people, like joining yeah. a book club, being on these podcast interviews, local sure. independent newspapers interviews, radio interviews. I was just in Harrisburg last week, earlier this week, got interviewed on W, 
ITF Harrisburg, the Spark Show. And I'll probably go back there later this summer for another interview. You know, it's a matter of putting yourself out there, using your social media for the greater good while still producing your own content and originality. Yeah. And, you know, it's just part of the process. Again, you got to pay for your ISB numbers, your barcode. You got to follow everything through your business. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to me buying the books, I get to buy the books at an author's rate directly from Ingram Spark. Mm-hmm. So, so I already paid for the book at an author's rate, pay the taxes, pay a small handling fee, pay for the shipping handling. After that, the books come to my house. I sell them either in person or mail them out to people. And it's, it's, it's going to be in demand because my story's interesting. My story's unique. And it's got a comeback feel to it. Yeah, and man. Forward, yeah. And moving forward, you have to invest in yourself to get the best out of yourself. Yeah, and investing yourself looks like, you know, exactly what you said. Um, you know, paying other people to help you out, right? Or it could be um, buying the ISP. It could, it, could, it could be multiple things, right? Like it, it could be buying a new desk, right? Or it could be, you know, buying a new pair of... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say shoes, but you know, buying buying a new computer, right? Like that's kind of all that 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 yeah. would fall into. Because, yeah, because you know, I have to buy this. Like right now, we're doing this interview on a good laptop, great quality. Right. Yeah, it's better than me you doing the iPhone. Where I got to stand up in a certain position. Right. You know, like you know, there's other things I had to pay for that are essentially having business insurance that cover all the equipment, my costs. Or when I do my speak engagements, I'm covered by liability insurance at all times. Uh-huh. I get the write off the mileage for the car that I use. And, oh, and wow. it's, it's about being business minded and a person has to involve by learning all this stuff, learning the basics, doing it and applying it. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, giving a politician speech. You got to put in the work. I like that. Yeah, yeah. But eventually it's not going to feel like work. It's going to feel like a habit and a positive lifestyle. You know, that, that is really true. Um, I think like what I want to talk to you about, I can't believe it's been an hour already I spoke to you, <laughs> but um, what I was going to say was, uh, did you, um, yeah, so like what you're putting money into yourself, you get it, see it back in the long run. Do you feel like um, it was risky at all at times? You, you Did you feel like this would work out or maybe you think like you would? I believe it was, I believe it was going to work out because I already did like the pre-promotion of like, on social media, like the inspirational story of Ethan A. Poetic Chronicles of Adversities, Sports, Relationships, and Resiliencies coming soon. So that already so that already produced a life's coming attraction for people to buy the book, where to buy the book, or get it from me directly. Then when I made the announcement that, that I finally had the book, like on my Facebook page, I'm dressed up in the suit with a pole with a um pool table, right. then the pool stick for my book. You know, I'm living proof. And then, you know, once I provide people the links, you know, people were just getting at it. Um, yeah. I believe I would have sold a lot more books all at once if I would have had more support from the bigger television networks and Lancaster newspaper, any other, you know, major newspaper. Right. That would have that directed more traffic to me. I probably would have sold at least ten thousand or more. Ten thousand or more. 
Yeah, yeah, if I would have had that type of support. So I remember when I got interviewed for Lakes newspaper, there was nearly a thousand people sharing the story. One thousand people? Nearly a thousand people oh, sharing wow. the story. Oh wow. So just imagine that's nearly a thousand people that shared that story in the newspaper two years ago. And yeah. they tell let's say they tell a minimum of 10 people. Yeah. That's already 10,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> off the bat. And then those people tell other people uh-huh. that can lead to a hundred thousand. That's true. Yeah. I, I think uh, and then from those hundred thousand, that can lead to a million. Right. And then from those one million, the 10 million. You see how the number gain works? Yeah, they compound them. We start, yes, yeah, definitely. That's gonna that's probably gonna happen in the future once a story gets taken more serious by the bigger networks. But I'm very thankful to the independent people for like you. Yeah, absolutely. And televisions such as Lancaster newspaper. Uh, moving forward, I did host like three book signing days, one at Coastville, Moser University, and Lancaster. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Oh, Ethan, yeah, I got yeah, I uh-huh. got recognized by Millsville University Snapper. Oh, I can't really see. I see Obama. <laughs> I see Obama. No, that's I see. me. Oh, I think I think you got blurred screen or you got the immerse the, the background. It didn't really might have to turn it on, but it's okay. It's okay. I, oh, I, I missed out on something. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe you send me. If, oh, I can see, it. I can kind of see. It. Okay, no, I don't see it. <laughs> um, but it was. It was you on the newspaper, right? That's what you're showing. Yeah, there's that. And I most recently got featured in the Southeast Times newspaper on the front page. Mm, nice. Well, I guess it's this again. How do I get that off? Oh, man, I don't know. I, I think you might have to click that button that says, uh, uh, shoot, something video. But Blur back, blur my background. Oh, it might be that one. Or unblur. Oh, uh, you can see it. Um... I I you I think you got to click on uh what's that called you got to click on you click on blur my background and then that might unblur the background oh yeah there you go yeah this is the Southeast Times newspaper I made oh and that's you on the top right all three pages oh all three pictures oh all three photos nice yeah and I can show the one from Millsy University oh okay that's very cool nice yeah. So, you know, two of the uh, book signing days I did, two speeches. The one I just did more of a, more of a book signing. Right. And the key thing at all book signing is to have PayPal, Venmo, Cash mm. App, and Apple Pay available. Also, the credit card thing where people can put the chip in. The square thing, yeah, yeah. That, and make sure those things are fully charged. I got I got a question, Ethan. So other than being an author, you you offer some services, right? Or you 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 speak at high school graduations? Is that one of them or a speaker? Yes. Um last year I spoke at a high school graduation. It was real briefly. Um the most recent speaking engagement happened last month at Chester High School. It and they're pretty pay- good speaking. They're today. paying you to speak, right? And that's kind of yes. what yeah, oh, it's just a situation where it's a business. Is. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just I accomplished so much. And you know, if somebody doesn't want to pay me, I remember the quote is this the right client will pay you. Where there you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of similar to like haircuts. Like, you know, I remember back in the day when haircuts used to be ten dollars, maybe fifteen dollars to get the beard done, 
Uh-huh. 20, they get the little die. And, you know, eventually, you know, the comedy, you know, you know went up in cost. Therefore, barbers have to cost, you know, charge more, but now to provide more services like the towel. And then they're also offering like the kiss, like the outline. Sure. Well, that. Then it's also the shampooing services. Then it's also like face, and it's also getting the curly hair going. Uh-huh. And it's also like designs. But what really matters is this, regardless of the price of the haircut, it's a matter of how it's being executed and the experience. Yeah. How's the communication going? Is your client feeling comfortable? Client laughing? Feeling more um, just, just enjoying, enjoying yeah. themselves? That's what maintains clientele. When my speaking age is more about you know, there's a business side to it about negotiating the speaking fee. Sure. But also understanding the big picture of what is it that they're looking for from me and how can I bridge the gap? And and, and this is a lot of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. No way. That's because, very cool. And, and it's just a situation.